BDR's Prime Resources Podcast is dedicated to providing you with the knowledge you need to help your business achieve prime results, with prime being the most flourishing stage or state. Let's do this. Welcome to the Prime Resources Podcast. I'm Matt MacArthur, BDR's Director of Training. Today, our topic is defining your target market in commercial maintenance. Joining us today is BDR service expert, Jennifer Shishanian. She's a BDR trainer and senior service coach. Jennifer, welcome back. Hey, thank you so much for having me back again, Matt. Looking forward to the topic today. Me too. And just a little note before we start diving into it, Jennifer, uh, for those listening, is that BDR has a course that we offer. It's called Commercial Maintenance Sales. Uh, we offer it the spring of each year. And uh, really, with the stuff we're talking about, we go into great detail, and that's a class that you lead. So I know we might end up mentioning that class from time to time, so I wanted to get that out of the way. That sounds good. That sounds great. Perfect. So let's let's dive into this, our topic, defining your target market in commercial maintenance. And I think we should just start at a basic level, you know, and just kind of go through, you know, what is a target market? I think that's a great way to start, Matt. Um, in our commercial maintenance class, we have a, um, we've got a definition for it. And it's really, it's the process of breaking a market into different segments. And then we concentrate our marketing efforts on one or just a few key segments so that consists of different customers who really need our services and they most closely match the services and the or the products and service offerings that we provide. So that's that's kind of the starting point of how you start developing and defining what your target market is. We've got to have a good understanding of what that means. Perfect, yeah. Um, and so can you talk a little bit more why it is important to define a target market um, for commercial maintenance? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we don't have to be all things to everyone. And when we market to just everyone out there, it's not very efficient and it can also be very expensive. So we really want to start by um, looking at the types of companies that really need us and that we can be the most effective and efficient um, with. And then when we start drilling into this target market, we start identifying who our customer is then it helps us really to start attracting and converting a higher quality lead because now we we can start diving in to this higher level these are going to be customers that we can speak to what they need we learn more about their language Um, so it really helps us to start defining what our approach would be you know, so let's say you're going to start doing work with small medical facilities or something like that. Now you can do some name dropping as well because we start building a cl- a customer client base that allows us to, like I said, really understand their language. So, oh, we do the work for such and such medical building you know, over on the south side or whatever that might be. So you get a little bit of name dropping, you understand what their needs are and you start speaking their language. And then when we do that, we start really diving into that target market 
it helps us to keep from outselling ourselves or selling outside of what our core competencies are. Because if we haven't identified who our target market is and the types of equipment that we're servicing and really looked at our core competencies, then if we you know, bring on a customer that we can't service effectively, that's going to give us a black eye and it's really going to um, give us a negative impact on our overall company image. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot to this already. And a little bit seems, you know, it's kind of core marketing approach of, of figuring out who your customer is and uh, using that to help build your target market. Um, but I want to explore that piece about core competencies and and what that looks like. Um, how specific do you have to be when identifying your core competencies? Um, to what level of detail do you get down to as, as far as uh, uh, what that means? Well, in the it's first of all, it's very detailed. We we dig into this in the commercial maintenance class. Uh, we start looking at first of all, what is the type of equipment that your service department can support, and you're going to make a list of those. It's going to be anything from, you know, boilers rooftop equipment 20 ton and over um, or 20 ton and under? Do you do any low temp refrigeration? Uh, are you able to handle boilers? Can we handle steam distribution systems? What about dehumidification or different types of control systems? Will you be doing work on cooling towers or evaporative cooling devices? Chillers, centrifugals, so all of those type of things, I start out with, okay, here's all the types of equipment that we can service. And then I'm also going to look at not just the type of equipment we can service, but if we're servicing that equipment, the expectation is going to be if we need to replace it, we can do that as well. So when I look at the core competencies after identifying the type of equipment we, we can service, then I'm going to look at what other services we have available. So for example, can we do engineering and design? Do we have financing available? Um, does the, do we have 24-hour emergency service? Um, if we do low temp, then usually the response times needed for low temp refrigeration are quicker. So I'm going to look at, can we do replacement, can, um, control systems and designs and installation? So when you start looking at not just your service department's capabilities, but really what's our overall company um, competencies as well. And then I'm going to look at my service team. Right, so I'm gonna look at my service team and see, you know, okay, um, I, most of my technicians can, they can all service 20 ton and, and, and under, we're good to go there. But what if I go into, uh, I start doing research and I get outside of our skill set, and they've got a cooling tower or a chiller, but I only have one or two service techs that can, support that type of work, we've got to really be careful about that so that we don't bring on business that we can 
can't perform the level of service that we need. And what's really great about going through this exercise is that it also helps you to identify where your training needs of your team are as well. So maybe you want to grow um, your service business. Maybe you're lighter commercial now and you want to go into some heavier commercial or larger mechanical systems. What would it take to be able to get us to that next level? So, you know, you've got, it's really important that you not just look at your service department's competencies, core competencies, but the overall company as well. And, you know, a, a company might determine that, hey, we really want to be able to do business because with that particular um, segment, but this part, we're going to need more training. Well, maybe one of the options are is maybe, maybe you're going to subcontract some of that work in the interim, or you've partnered up with another, uh, another company as well to perform those, that replacement or services. So really got to dig into it because like I said earlier, when you're looking at your target market and defining it, if we don't identify the target market that we want and our core competencies it, and really focus on that, we're, gonna, we're not going to be effective. And so those core competencies, that's what we can do and we can do really well. So I always say, don't outsell yourself. Service and what, and what you can now and then expand on it later. Get really good at it before you step outside of your core competencies. I like that. Don't outsell yourself. That, that makes a ton of sense to me. And I can see there, there's a ton that goes into this and it's a real thought process. It's probably nice to come to somewhere like a, one of our classes, commercial maintenance sales, to really do this with some guidance from an instructor like yourself. Um, but if they're doing this on their own, it sounds like they need to kind of get in the conference room, get with the team and, and budget a few hours to really work out all these competencies. Yep, absolutely. Um, we start out with a list and we, in the commercial maintenance class, it's one of the things we hit literally on day one is, first of all, what's your target market? So before we even jump into defining the sales process and managing and owning the sales process and how do you estimate it and all the other pieces of, of this in the overall selling process, who are we going to sell to and what can we sell? So we start, that's where we have to start. So we spend a lot of that time on day one getting started in that area to really help drill owners and sale and the sales team down into an agreeable, you know, what's our target market. And would you say that, um, so you say we do that at day one in class. So is that really done at the same time as identifying the target market or do you do your competencies first and then say okay which customers might be a match for that or how does that balance work yeah great question we usually start out with the equipment first because once you identify the equipment and the competencies of your team that'll help you identify which target market you're going to go after so that you could build um you know, a profile, like a target market profile. And so once you know that type of equipment, then you can start looking at the different market segments and go, okay, well, colleges, universities, and school systems, um, that's probably not going to fit within our core competencies. But we could do really well at commercial office 
spaces three stories and below with warehousing. So that you've got to know what those competencies of your company is first, then you start building out, okay, now what kind of market do I want to go after? Great. Uh, that's excellent explanation. Makes that real clear. So core competence, competencies first, then kind of look at that customer profile and start identifying that target market. So let's move to that now, Jennifer, the target market and, and kind of come back to it a little bit. Um, what is the, the kind of research that needs to be done? If we know our competencies, now we're honing in on our customers and our market what research do we need to do? Well, the first thing I'm going to look at is when I'm defining that is um, you got to define the market like we talked about, you know, or, um, built around your core competencies. I'm going to look at the types of buildings. I'm going to look at my geographic location. And then I'm going to drill down on the type of business. Okay. So what are the types of businesses that that we're going to go after right that's going to be the first step of of building that out right and then we can start moving into so what is that you know what does that market look like and then we can start going through the action steps to really dig in and target target that marketplace what what we're looking for okay um and i imagine there's a lot that we could dive into, you know, once you're looking at types of buildings and different types of businesses that are around you that are potential customers, there's a lot of information um, on that available. Are there some major sources or, or places to go to, to learn about that stuff? Yep, absolutely. So when we're doing that research, um, I find the target you know, looking at that target market and what that looks like. Um, you can do Google research. You can use the Better Business Bureau, um, DNB or Hoover's. Probably going to need to need, even make phone calls. But now once we start looking at that market, you know, you can start looking at the different resources to get kind of like a list of clients. So I'm wanna, I want to know what their typical problems are. What are their motivations? Um, what type of mechanical and control systems they have? Because we need to know if we can service them. And then I also, and in that research, and while I'm looking through those different resources that I mentioned, um, we're also going to see, well, do I have access to the key decision makers? Am I going to be dealing with a financial decision maker? Uh, or is this going to be a technical decision maker? Or is it going to be both? And that starts getting you really started into um, identifying, you know, like what that research is going to look like. And we actually follow kind of a, a process of how we do that. So you would start out, you know, first of all, I'm going to start out with a list. I'm going to have uh, what I call a suspect list. Okay. Mm. And that's just a list of people. I might have a name, an address, right? Something along that line. And that's where I'm gonna start out. Might even have a phone number. So I'll start out with a list of 90 people, right? Then I'm gonna start drilling down. I'm gonna do some of that research. So we're gonna use that research. 
And then we're going to drill down, get that window, dwindle that list down to maybe 60 prospects. So then you have your your prospects, which is now you're going to you have a definitive business name. You know who the decision maker is. Our address is correct. Our phone numbers, our contact persons, that's all correct. And then I'm going to start creating an active prospect out of it at that point by trying to get uh, an appointment. So these pieces go together, right? You, you know, if you start looking at it, core competencies, what kind of buildings am I going to be looking at? I'm going to, I'm going to build a prospect profile and that, and then I'll start getting the list of customers to get potential customers together and then begin trying to get an appointment with them. And then we'll go through the sales process. Okay. Narrowing in our focus more and more. Um, I want to circle back to a question on the research. Um, who typically does that research in the company, Jennifer? Is it the salesperson? Is it a manager? Is it get delegated somewhere else? Great question. So I, first, before I start hitting target markets and developing these market profiles, the first thing I'm going to do is market our current client base. And I want to make sure that that's brought to the forefront yeah. first. Right. So I'm going to look at all our prior installations and service customers that, that don't have a planned maintenance program in place. Those are like warm calls. So what we're talking about now is so that's going to be my starting place. But but what we're talking about next is more hitting hitting the street, cold call. They may or may not ever have heard of us before. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when who does that research? could be a combination, but typically speaking, once that is defined, then we'll look for the resources, like I said, Hoover's or something like that and get a list. Um, so even some have found those resources from their local library. It's the salesperson's responsibility at that point to be doing the additional research from that list. So maybe the um, owner or service manager or operations manager, um, you know, they've come together and they've agreed on that market from that point and maybe even helped at developing an initial hit list. But after that initial list is set up, then it, the salesperson's going to take it from there. Okay, good. That, that answers my question. Um, I know that was a lot. You know how it is, Matt. I, 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 feel, I can't answer just a question with four words, right? I guess I could have just said the salesperson, <laughs> but it was just more to it than that for me. <laughs> yeah, and I think this is truly one of those topics where there there is more to it, and there's layer, and then the next layer, and then the next layer to this. Um, so, yeah, don't feel bad about that. <laughs> um, okay, so... Let's um, go to kind of that final target market list. So we've we've got our competencies. We've uh, defined the market. We've identified some customers. We've reached out to our existing customer base first. I like that. Um, and now we we have our suspect list. Mm -hmm. um, so how does someone how does someone go from a suspect to become a prospect what what's the weeding out process there 
So really it's research and probably phone calls. So the suspect again, it's like, okay, we've got a list, but it hasn't been qualified mm. as really a potential lead at that point, right? So now you're gonna you're gonna make some phone calls. So for example, if I've got ABC manufacturing is on my list, we know based on the parameters that they fit, my next step is gonna be, um, you know, I might use Google Earth, right? I might take Google Earth and look at the address. Today, this really pays off, especially if you're, you know, marketing, prospecting in 2021, you know, that changed. A lot of people weren't working in their businesses and we're still experiencing some of that today. So as this continues, I might use Google Earth. I've got a few clients that have started um, using drones. So they do a flyby. Right. So you do a flyby and see, you know, you can tell, I call it rooftop prospecting. <laughs> so without even have to, without even getting um, to the place of business, you can look at, all right, hey, they've got 25 rooftop equipments. Looks like this could potentially be an avenue. So I might use that as a resource. Um, and then I'm going to make an outbound phone call or an email or I might even stop by the place of business. With this contact, I want to strictly find out who the decision maker is. You know, uh, Mr. MacArthur, you know, uh, my name is Jennifer with Value um, Eating and Mechanical or Mechanical Services. And I have some information that I'd like to send to the person that's in charge of or is responsible for maintaining the equipment in your building, who would be that person? Ask for a name, ask for an email. We're not asking to speak with them at this point, but I'm just getting through to, that's kind of how you get through the, you know, get through the gatekeeper. Yeah. So I, I'm just gonna ask for a name. So now it's become a prospect. Now I can start looking at my strategy to take it to the next step, which would be turning them into an active, prospect. So I kind of use the guideline as this, 90, 60, 30. 90 suspects down to 60 prospects, and then I'm going to get it down to 30 active prospects to reach out to, to schedule an appointment with, to get that first visit with. Nice. Um, just that piqued my interest talking about drones. It made me think of something. Um, and I, you know, I'll pat myself on the back here. I created, okay. created a lead for uh, the uh, the company that does uh, BDR's um, uh, maintenance on our building uh, yeah. because our building looks out on another building that's kind of behind us and is lower okay. down. And one day I was looking out the window and I saw, boy, there's a lot of kind of frost on that uh, that unit up on the on the on the building. Um, and so I told our contact and, and they reached out and they, and they were able to go and uh, service that unit. And uh, I think they're on their way to getting a, a maintenance contract out of it. That's perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So as part of it's just kind of being aware. I love the creativity that some folks are, are applying to this, you know, would you Google earth and then even drones? I mean, that, that's just cool. That's very well thought out. Mm -hmm. You know, in, in years past, we would have had to get out there, meet with the customer, get on the roof, you know, or tour, tour the facility then to find out, yeah, 
that was a waste of time, right? Wasn't very efficient. You have to ladder up and get out there to actually see that. Um, and so now we can we can get a little bit of a snapshot before we even get there. Cool. Um, so I, we've gone through a lot already, and I want to just kind of get down to where we've gone from core competencies to find our target market and create our suspect list, got that down to our prospect list. And now we're, we can further qualify that to be an active prospects. Um, and so at that point, it, it's just really in the salesperson's hands to, to make those contacts and, and try to get that appointment for uh, an initial kind of discovery. Is that what happens? Yep, that's exactly right. And so getting an active prospect, there's different methods. It's really networking. So when you get down to that point where you're trying to get an active prospect, you got to think about it as networking. So um, I might, one of the things we do at the commercial maintenance sales class is that we build out what it would look like if we had an email, sending an email. Uh, what would it look like if we were making an outbound phone call? So we'd have a phone script or a call flow that we would use. We also talk about uh, networking using things like LinkedIn. So with LinkedIn, once you, if you can find a contact name and that person is on there uh, and as a part of who you do business with, right? So now you've got your profile, then you can start looking for who the connections are. Do you have any mutual connections? And if there's a mutual connection, then you could ask that mutual connection to introduce you to that person. So it's kind of a backwards way of getting yourself a referral, right? Mm -hmm. And so now that I've got that, and then you're basically, you know, reaching out to them with the intent of getting that first appointment. And that's where we start defining the sales process and we start digging in from there. So yeah. And then you'll go through those. So there's, a, you know, there's several steps into that sales process, which I don't believe is on our agenda for today. Um, <laughs> but definitely come to the commercial maintenance class because we spend a lot of time on really defining that sales process. So you, finding you that, have to do another episode on the sales process. That would be fantastic. <laughs> cool. Well, um, so let me ask you this, Jennifer. Say I'm uh, a new company or not a new company, I'm, I'm a company that's not been in this market before. And so I'm looking to get started. I'm looking to identify my core competencies and define my target market, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what sort of timeline would you put to that to where then they get to that active prospect stage and they're, they're maybe setting some appointments? Uh, I believe if you, if you're, it, it's kind of a two part answer to this. So, I think you can really identify that target market, you know, and get your suspect list and do all of that. If you get after it, you should be able to do that in 30 days or less. Okay. Maybe even a few weeks. It depends on what your resources are, but to move it to the next process where you're working to drill it down, drill down those action steps from suspect to prospect to active prospect, that depends on what resources that you have available to do that. So is this, I'm getting into it for the first time. So I'm the owner 
and I'm going to start um, reaching out to businesses as I have time? Or are you going to set the expectation of the service manager to do that? Or will you hire a commercial maintenance sales person to do that? All three of those is going to be a different timeline. You know, if you have hired a commercial maintenance salesperson, you should be able to start getting up and running, you know, much quicker, you know, after the training period. If it's a service manager, you know, they've got other responsibilities that they're dealing with as well. They might only have a certain amount of time, you know, each on a weekly basis to get that done. And that would be the same with the owner as well. So it depends on what your sales approach is going to be for you to be able to take it to that next level. Okay, yeah, those are, are great considerations um, to think about, and I think that gives our, our listeners, you know, if they if this is a market they're trying trying to get into, at least a, a ballpark on um, how long it might take them to get started, and some some great things to think about. Um, but whichever. we also, no, go but ahead. We also need to back up on that. It's not about just defining your market. You know, it, essentially, that's kind of the easier part, right? <laughs> Um, is that if you're, if you're getting into this the first time, then there's other steps that you need to go through as well before you go out and start meeting with people. Okay. So, um, and that's, we go through all of those pieces in the commercial maintenance sales class. So, you know, do you have a proposal? How are you going to estimate it? What profit margin are you going to use? Um, you've got to have a survey process. How are you going to bring that information? So you've got to get your proposal and estimating and surveying process in order. That has to happen before we can go out starting to contact, you know, and reach out to that target market. And then once you've got that in place, if you as you start growing it, then you've got to go from what I call the sales to service handoff process. So once it's done, the ink is dry, I've got to hand it off to service operations or the service department to follow up on the promises that were made and begin their services. So what steps need to happen with it then? And then there's other items as well that go through that. So there's some, you can go through and define your target market, but you also need to, what are you going to do when you get an appointment? We've got to have a process for how we're going to um, create the estimate and the proposal. So that has to happen. Now that piece is going to take a little bit longer, right? So, you know, you could get that done in 30 days or less. Um, might take you longer if you have to start from scratch or you come out to commercial maintenance class and we give you the template and then you modify it. You'll get it done a lot quicker. There you go. Yeah, don't have to reinvent the wheel. Exactly. Uh, so glad you brought that up because those are really important considerations um, looking into this, especially for someone that's considering uh, entering this type of a market. So, yeah, that was great, Jennifer. Um, I think we've uh, covered a lot. <laughs> we definitely covered a lot. I'm looking at my sheet of notes uh, down here in front of me and, uh, man, I've got notes everywhere on, on this topic. Um, so are there final thoughts you would want to share about uh, defining your target market or core competencies or anything that we covered today? 
I think really the only other piece regarding defining your target market is, you know, really dig into what your company offers. You know, um, understand what you offer and what you have or what you have to offer to these businesses. And then what are the features and the benefits of those services? And that's a great exercise to go through with your team. You know, here are all the things that we can do. We need to have a selling story. We need to we need to have, you know, that really ingrained into whoever's going to be the person in charge of, you know, really promoting and growing the commercial maintenance side. And then when you do that, you you want to really build what's called a, I call it a prospect profile. So, you know, we have a format for that in the class. And what it lines out is based on the type of um, businesses that you're going to go after. So for example, I mentioned college universities and school systems, that might be one um, market segment. Um, another one might be healthcare hospitals, rehabilitation facilities. Another one might be industrial manufacturing, distribution, or just general commercial office space and warehousing, right? Each one of those have different capabilities. So I wanna go through and identify who the key decision makers are, both technical and financial. Is it gonna be, um, is this gonna be a, a CFO, a CEO? Do we have, sometimes it's the, you know, vice president of operations or director of purchasing. We kind of want to avoid those because all they're looking at is the bottom line. <laughs> um, and then I'm going to, I'm going to identify who is the person within that typical, that market segment. Then what are the typical uh, mechanical or control systems that they have available? So are they typically, um, you know, 20 ton and under? Do they have control systems? What kind of control systems? I'm going to identify that. I really want to build this profile out. And then what are the things that are the biggest problems for them? What's motivating them to do business with you? Are they type of uh, business that um, the commercial offices are leased and they don't have a lot of resources for replacement? Um, are they motivated to keep their operational costs down? Um, they're maybe they're in a particular type of, imagine if you were in a healthcare facility mm -hmm. and we can service the equipment, but we've got to make sure that the equipment, we have to respond quickly. So what's going to be the motivation to keep them, to have you do a maintenance plan for them, Right. And then also, well, first of all, you know, they, they've got sick patients. <laughs> they've got to be taken care of. Nobody wants to be too cold or too hot, right? So yeah. we're going to look, what are their motivations for it? And then also another piece in these different segments is what are the in-house capabilities? So are, do they, do most of their things get outsourced? So do they outsource their repairs and replacements and maintenance, or do they have an intern um, in-house capabilities? Maybe they have a maintenance staff that has some technical skills. And, and so I'm going to look at that as well. The other piece, you know, I'm looking at is what kind of things need to be outsourced here. So if they, 
can do small repairs and filter changes, what are they outsourcing? So they might outsource regular planned maintenance and larger repairs. I also wanna know the dynamic of that type of client as well. What, what happens if they need to do a replacement? Do, are we going to be able to negotiate a higher margin replacement? Or do they all already have a relationship with another vendor or a manufacturer to where they're purchasing the equipment and we're installing it for them? So there's, you start building out these profiles. It'll really help you to dial in on what your sales approach is going to be when you start going into the sales process. Yes, you you are a wealth of knowledge as always, Jennifer. Um, and the, from my viewpoint, uh, it seems like really what you put into this process is a lot of what you're going to get out of it. And the more detail and time you're willing to uh, to put into this, uh, you'll be just setting yourself up for success. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So maybe a good way to wrap this up because we've covered a lot of ground. We've talked about a lot of details and, and some folks might be listening to this and thinking, Ooh, there's a lot to this. Um, so let's take it back to what, um, what the big prize is out there, you know, and maybe just finish with that, Jennifer, of, of why do people want to get into commercial maintenance and, and go through these processes of defining a target market and uh, the suspects and the prospects and all the all this things, these profiles? What What's the upside? There's a huge upside to this. <laughs> uh, when you look at commercial maintenance, um, there's a direct relationship between what you should anticipate in your return. And so it's the financial justification. Matter of fact, we start out the class talking about the financial justification, okay? Um, one, we're diversifying our business, but for every dollar of commercial maintenance, at a minimum, a company should get two to $4 in repair and replacement. Sometimes it'll be higher, you know, well, if you bring on an account that has not had a good maintenance program in place or they have aging equipment that's not been well maintained, you know, you can see that repair replacement ratio go up substantially. So imagine if you sold 100000 in commercial maintenance, you should be getting another two to 400000 in repair and replacement. That, And so you start, that's that's where it's at. And, and because when you, because this is a relationship based sale and you're selling something intangible, you've really, you look at when you have a planned maintenance, you have a higher opportunity to develop a planned replacement in commercial. And when we do that, that planned replacement will um, allow the client to plan the time and the money and things like that's that's needed as well. So by building that relationship and taking great care of them, each year you can go back and even even some some accounts might be more than one time per year. Ask them when their plan what their plans are. Do they have plans to expand? Um, we've got equipment that needs to be replaced. So the biggest thing is the return on investment. 
that you get for commercial maintenance. And if we get that return on investment, that provides more work. And I know for me as a service manager, as a service manager, it literally wiped out the seasonality in our service department. Because with your commercial maintenance, what do you do? You, you can place those in certain times of the month. So really there's a huge financial reward behind it. That is a beautiful place to end. And that uh, wonderful summary there, Jennifer, of, of why we want to do commercial maintenance and, and really work hard at it uh, because the return could be tremendous. So uh, thank you so much for being here. Um, any just final thoughts before we close? No, thank you very much. It was a pleasure um, doing this podcast with you, Matt. And um, just would like to encourage everybody that's listening, if this is an area that you really want to expand, come see me in the spring. Well, I would love to help you take you through the steps and we'll give you a manual for how to build your commercial maintenance program. Nobody better to do it with than you, Jennifer. Uh, again, thank you so much. And thank you, yeah, I had a blast as always and uh, gave me some ideas for uh, our next uh, few podcasts uh, to keep this thing going here. Wahoo. <laughs> Wahoo. So again, thanks to you. And until next time, thanks for listening.